Hello, and welcome to this morning's edition of 5 at 8. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, and I'm Mark Overman, joined by my co-host, Linda Carlisle. In this episode, we will talk about Russia's reliance on a planned pipeline to China to compensate for lost gas sales in Europe, the discovery of two continent-sized blobs in the Earth's mantle, the expected settlement of global interest rates at higher levels, the UK's publication of the Bletchley Declaration on AI Safety, and Apple's introduction of the new M3 chips for Mac computers. Story number one. According to Reuters, Russia is relying on a planned pipeline to China to compensate for lost gas sales in Europe. However, experts are concerned about the political risks associated with depending on one buyer and question whether the project will be worth the significant costs. The CNPC and Gazprom are working together to accelerate gas supplies to China through the Far Eastern route. Russian gas supplies to China began in December 2019 and are expected to reach the contractual level by 2025. Gazprom has also signed a contract to supply gas via the Far Eastern route. Additionally, Russia plans to increase gas supplies to Central Asian countries and provide gas cooperation for 15 years starting in 2024. This shift towards Asia comes as European customers have reduced their imports of Russian energy due to the conflict in Ukraine. It's certainly a bold move by Russia, trying to offset its lost gas sales in Europe by increasing supply to China. There's no denying that the Russia-China pipeline could significantly reshape the geopolitical and economic landscape. But I gotta say, it also reeks of desperation. Having one major customer leaves Russia in a pretty vulnerable position. The over-reliance on a single buyer is concerning. It's like putting all your eggs in one basket. If something goes wrong, it could have severe consequences. Not to mention, the enormous costs involved in constructing a pipeline. And let's not forget, this kind of project has a long gestation period. It's not an immediate solution to Russia's current economic woes. It's a risky move, for sure. But you know what they say, no risk, no reward. Russia is betting big on China's appetite for natural gas. And let's not forget, it's not just about gas. It's also a strategic move to strengthen ties with China in the face of increasing Western opposition. But you're right. The cost factor is a huge concern. Are they biting off more than they can chew? Time will tell. True, Mark. And it also raises questions about global energy diversification. With the world gradually transitioning towards renewable energy, is it wise to invest such a massive amount in a fossil fuel project? It's a bit like building a horse carriage factory just as cars are becoming mainstream. We need to think long-term, and not just immediate gains. Couldn't agree more, Linda. But then again, the world's transition to renewables is going to take time. And in the meantime, natural gas is considered a cleaner fossil fuel compared to coal or oil. So there's that. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, we do need to be moving away from fossil fuels and towards renewables. The world is at an energy crossroads. We've seen controversies around pipeline projects in the past, like the Nord Stream or the Keystone XL pipeline. This proposed Russia-China pipeline is yet another instance of how energy relations and geopolitics are deeply intertwined. It's a complex issue, and one we should continue to monitor closely. Story number two. Seismologists have discovered two continent-sized blobs in the Earth's mantle, one under Africa and the other under the South Pacific region. These denser blobs may be remnants from a collision between Earth and a Mars-sized object called Theia, which is believed to have created the Moon. 
Computer simulations suggest that most of Theia was absorbed into Earth, forming the blobs, while residual debris formed the Moon. If confirmed, this would be the first direct evidence of the Moon-forming collision. The blobs' increased density is thought to be due to their high iron content, similar to Moon rocks. Further study of the impact event could provide insights into the evolution of Earth and other rocky planets. According to Reuters, seismologists have made these groundbreaking discoveries. I gotta say, this is something straight out of a sci-fi movie, isn't it? Gigantic blobs of a long-gone planet buried deep inside Earth's mantle. It's like we're living on a cosmic relic. It's truly fascinating, Mark. These findings could potentially revolutionize our understanding of Earth's history, its formation and evolution. Yeah, it's like we're piecing together a cosmic jigsaw, except the pieces are buried miles underground. But what really gets me is the sheer scale of these blobs. Twice the mass of the moon. That's huge. Indeed, the scale is remarkable. But it's the implications of these findings that intrigue me. If these blobs are indeed remnants of Theia, the celestial body that collided with Earth billions of years ago, it's like we have a tangible piece of our planet's ancient history. Right, it's like a time capsule, isn't it? But you know, this discovery also makes me wonder about the moon. If these blobs are made from the same material as the moon, it could tell us a whole lot more about our little lunar neighbor. Comparing the isotopes in these blobs with those in lunar mantle rocks could provide valuable insights, and not just about the moon, but also about the broader process of planet formation. It's a thrilling prospect. Yeah, and it's not just about our own backyard, right? Understanding these impacts and seeing how they affect planet formation could help us figure out what's going on with other Earth-like planets out there. Precisely, Mark. It's a phenomenal opportunity to expand our knowledge of the universe and our place within it. Story number three. Global interest rates are expected to settle at higher levels, according to Bank of America Global Research's chief economist, as reported by Reuters. The dynamics of interest rates in the U.S. and Japan are reinforcing each other, leading to the likelihood of higher Japanese government bond yields and upward pressure on U.S. Treasury yields. This feedback loop can keep rates elevated, creating a new equilibrium with higher real rates worldwide. The rise in rates could also limit the effectiveness of expansionary monetary policies, even in China. Who would have thought, Linda, that interest rates in the U.S. and Japan could have such a mutual effect, right? I mean, it's like a feedback loop that keeps the rates elevated. In fact, it's a clear demonstration of how intricately linked our global economic ecosystem is. This interdependence can sometimes create a sort of ripple effect where decisions or actions in one leading economy exert significant pressure on the financial markets of another. So, it's kind of like a domino effect, huh? But what's really fascinating is how this economic interdependence impacts a country's ability to manage its economy independently. I mean, look at China. They now have a limit on how much expansionary monetary policy they can implement due to higher rates in the U.S. and Japan. That's a great point, Mark. The current dynamic between the U.S. and Japanese economies is a prime example of this. However, it's important to remember that this kind of economic interdependence is not new. Historically, we've seen instances where the economic policies of one country have echoed into global financial markets. So it's like we're all in this global economy boat together, eh? But I'm curious, Linda. How does the international financial system navigate these complexities? Well, Mark... It's a complex dance of adjustments, monitoring, and sometimes interventions by international bodies. It requires a delicate balance between maintaining economic sovereignty and working within the confines of a globally connected world. 
The current situation is a testament to that. Story number four. In a report from Reuters, the UK has published a Bletchley Declaration on AI safety, which has been agreed upon by 28 countries, including the US and China. The declaration aims to enhance global cooperation on AI safety and encourages transparency and accountability from actors developing AI technology. It focuses on identifying shared risks and building scientific understanding, as well as developing cross-country policies to mitigate these risks. How about this Bletchley Declaration, huh? Seems like a step in the right direction to me. I mean, 28 countries, including powerhouses like the U.S. and China, agreeing on something as important as AI safety is no small feat. This is the kind of international collaboration we need to see more of, especially when you consider the potential risks involved with AI technology. Yes, I agree, Mark. But it's also crucial to remember that the devil is often in the details. While the declaration encourages transparency and accountability, these terms can mean different things to different countries. And the part about frontier AI technology is quite vague. What exactly does that entail? Well, Linda, that's a fair point. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. This declaration is a starting point, a foundation, if you will. It's about identifying the risks and building a framework that can guide us in developing AI technology safely. I think the emphasis on scientific collaboration particularly resonates with me. It's a good way to keep things in check, don't you think? Indeed, the emphasis on scientific collaboration is commendable. However, we must also consider the fact that AI is not just a scientific endeavor. It has wide-reaching social, political, and economic implications as well. It's also worth noting that while the declaration calls for accountability from those developing AI technologies, it does not explicitly mention any enforcement mechanisms or sanctions for non-compliance. Hmm, you've got a point there, Linda. And that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Policies are only as good as their enforcement. But coming back to the positive side, it is clear that we're seeing a global recognition of the importance of AI safety. Just like during the nuclear era, where we had the Non-Proliferation Treaty, this could be the start of a new era of international cooperation in the field of technology. Yes, Mark, that's a good analogy. However, unlike nuclear technology, AI is something that's easily accessible and can be developed by private entities, even individuals. This presents a unique set of challenges in terms of regulation. So while the Bletchley Declaration is a welcome initiative, it is just the beginning of what should be a long and complex journey towards ensuring AI safety globally. Story number five. During an Apple product launch, CEO Tim Cook introduced the new M3 chips for Mac computers, which promise faster computing, graphics, and longer battery life. As reported by CNN, the chips are made with 3 nanometer technology, enabling better support for advancements in artificial intelligence. Apple showcased how the M3 devices can be used for complex tasks, such as DNA-RNA sequencing, and emphasized their commitment to a future rich in AI integration. The company aims to compete with Intel, Qualcomm, AMD, NVIDIA, and Dell in terms of performance and productivity-related AI tools. Apple's revenue from Macs and iPads has declined, and the new chip is seen as a potential boost. Might I just say how thrilled I am about this news, Linda? Apple pushing the envelope once again with their new M3 chips. It's a clear reflection of their commitment to keep innovating and stay ahead of the game. I mean, these chips are designed with 3 nanometer technology. This is a huge leap for personal computing and AI technology. Well, Mark... I understand your enthusiasm, but I'm a little more cautious. 
Yes, the advancements in chip technology are impressive, but I'm interested in the broader implications here. AI is a powerful tool, but it's also a double-edged sword. Privacy, security, and ethical considerations must be balanced against the benefits of enhanced computing power. Sure, Linda, I get that. But let's not forget the kind of conveniences and breakthroughs this technology can bring. Imagine being able to conduct complex tasks like DNA-RNA sequencing from anywhere in the world. It's not just about faster computing, it's about empowerment and accessibility. Again, Mark, I see your point, but we need to remember that not all that glitters is gold. Look at the market trends. Mac and iPad sales are declining, and there's talk of tepid demand for the new iPhone 15. Is this really the best time for Apple to be making such a bold move? Linda, I believe it's the perfect time. Technology waits for no one. And if Apple can successfully integrate AI into their products and convince their users of its benefits, they could potentially capture a significant chunk of the AI market. It's all about staying ahead, and I think Apple's doing just that. Well, Mark, it's clear we have different perspectives on this. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and how other tech giants respond to Apple's move. In the end, only time will tell. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.